1: Well, hello and welcome to episode 201 of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. And we're bringing you this episode from the Whitecaps new training centre, which was opened on Wednesday. We're watching a game play out just now between some of the fringe MLS guys and the the residency guys. We're here to celebrate the the opening of the Whitecaps training centre, as I said, and it's a beautiful facility. We got a tour this morning.
2: Nice setup, very nice setup.
1: Yeah, and there's... There's a lot to, to really admire about it. They've got cedar trees planted all around the pitches. The plan of those is for them to grow up and then kind of they'll spread out a bit, get topped off, and just have a fully en- enclosed training space for the white caps. They've got a couple of field training pitches. They're going to be hosting the MLS team, the WFC2 team and the residency teams from under 14 up as well. So, I mean, it, it's a fantastic facility.
2: Yeah, and inside it's uh, perfect. Uh, they, uh, they, they really want to talk about how, you know, one side is WFC2 and lower and the other side is the first team and how everybody is want, they want everybody to aspire to get to that other side. You turn right for the first team and you turn left for everybody else.
1: Yeah, and the the groups will mingle. They're able to mingle in the lunch area, but... The training area. Yeah, it's, it's aspirational, as Steve said. They're wanting the under-14s, under-16s to come in and, and see what their pathway is. It's a clear pathway. They're going to move from one locker room to the other locker room, and it's based a lot on what things like Ajax and Arsenal have done over the years, and it, it really does look a fantastic facility. And it's also a facility that you feel is possibly going to help attract players to the club because it's a great selling point and it might also be a facility that sees teams want to train out of here, maybe more national team games, possibly international teams having this as a base if they're coming over for summer friendlies. That was something I put to Bobby leonard doozy along with a few other things, so let's hear my chat with Bobby now. So Bobby, the training center finally opened. It's been a long time coming. What exactly does it mean to the club to have this now?
3: Well, it's 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 great to have a, a place that you can call home. And if if I go back to the original Whitecaps in 1974, we've always been gypsies. We there's there's uh, countless parks and facilities that we've been at throughout that time. And so the idea of having not just a home but but a home that when and, and difficult to describe to people that, that haven't had the opportunity to walk through it but it's a fully functioning facility it's, it utilizes almost every square foot to the to the max and um, I think what it does is it helps us um, ideally get to another level um, based on the the work environment that the um, the players will be able to to enjoy and you know if I look at last night um, you know with with Alfonso well obviously um, Alfonso and and Russell coming on in the match uh, and Marcel starting the whole way not so much Marcel but if you look at Russell Russell was a an, an, one of the initial intake to the the residency squad and you no know, he's kind of you know been with us for an extended period of time and is you know fighting for that that first team uh, spot in the minutes, but last night when he came on, he actually changed the game. I thought in the in the way that he went about it. And then you've got the more recent example of the um, residency program, which is Alfonso Davies, and you know he did what he's been doing with us. He comes on and makes a difference. So, if the facility can help us to uh, to create more of those types of players then we're going to be a better club as a result of it and our national team equally importantly will uh, ideally be in a spot where they're, they're going to qualify for the 2022 World Cup. And
1: having a facility like this here is it going to help maybe bring national teams to play more games in Vancouver or even like international friendlies not necessarily involving the Caps but like yeah. other clubs?
3: Well and, and I don't think I'm talking out of turn here sometimes I, I, I do uh, which uh, they are are my my counterparts get a little <laughs> perturbed but um, we uh, we did have a, a call from um, Eintracht Frankfurt of the Bundesliga and they were over or coming over on tour and they're going to be in Seattle I think along the northwest potentially California they actually um, came out and, and wanted and actually had a look at the facility in the end they've decided not to but not because they didn't like the facility uh so to your point you know there's the clubs are interested in coming to, to north america so now we have this to to ideally add to everything else that we have in in uh, this province to uh, to actually tempt, tempt teams to come out
1: Talking about tempting teams, is it maybe something that you can also use to tempt players? Like if you're in negotiations, show a player just what
3: you have here. No question. And uh, and I think, well, Freddie's here, so we don't have to tempt him. (laughs) But I know that he, in addition to other players, when they had their, they actually walked onto the, the grass pitch and looked at the building and then went in and did the tour that you guys went through today. Um, you know, he said, "This this is this is a great place. This will be a great place to come to work. And when you consider the amount of time that is involved in in the training and the video room um, stuff, you're here a lot. So if you if you love where you're going, it it ideally will help your frame of mind, which ideally will help you to perform well on a on a game day. That's okay. great. Thanks, Bobby. Okay."
1: So Bobby leonard are there, just talking about everything to do with the training centre. And I do think it is going to attract international teams to kind of have this as a base, maybe have more national teams come and play out with Vancouver, train here, especially in the winter months. But you're a little bit more sceptical, Steve, about it, maybe having the ability to attract better players to the club. I, I think, I, well, better
2: players, I think there's a facility. They finally caught up, basically. I, I think this is a really good step. There's some facilities out there in MLS that have these kind of facilities I think this will help for sure but I don't think the number one priority is attracting players I think it's maintaining the players they bring in that they'll say oh I enjoy this and I think it also will be the number one thing is the residency and building players up to the first team I think that is probably the number one thing. I think attracting players, I think some players will get attracted to this, especially, but I think the top players, I think they're used to this kind of stuff and they'll, they'll seek something else. I don't think this will be a major selling point for them. It'll be a selling point, not a major one. I
1: mean, the only other training centre we've been to, we've been to the one at Portland, yeah. and th- this looks nice. I mean, the Portland one was impressive, but yeah. this one just has a it's better newer. feel to it. It's newer. It's newer. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new it, it, It's very new. It looks like an IKEA showroom as we as yeah. we've got the tour. Check out the photos on AFTN.ca, and you, you'll see what we mean about that. And our that. Twitter, too. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it is a fantastic facility. Keep saying that. We've not been paid to say that. We, we genuinely feel that, that, that it is a great facility and yeah attracting residency players that's definitely going to be a boon because if you've got players that are in academies elsewhere and they're maybe a little bit concerned about coming out to to Vancouver and having this as their new home you see what they're going to play and it's going to make their parents as well feel a little bit more comfortable about sending their kids out to here
2: yeah and they'll be uh, be staying in the west side of Vancouver now
1: uh, near UBC going to the secondary school up here University Hill I think it is
2: yeah I think so and then also I think Uh, attracting would be good too but then I think those players especially will know that they're getting developed better too because they are going to be near the first team so they'll have players that they like on the first team and they'll want to be knowing that they're training in the same facilities as
1: these guys and that'll that'll make them get better and want to uh, advance and an interesting thing is going to be like how it affects the the homegrown and by that I mean BC, lower mainland players they've been going to Burnaby Secondary School for a while a lot of them are based out in Surrey and in in the valley is it going to make a difference? are they going to want to add this extra travel time and come out and play here and still be part of the programme without billeting? I don't know, it's it's a lot to take in but I I put that to Greg Anderson along with a, a lot of other things just about the training facility what it means to the team And a lot more beside. So let's hear what Greg had to say. So it's been a long time coming, Greg. The training centre finally finished. What exactly does it mean to the club to have this now? Well, it's um, it's a huge opportunity
4: for us to, uh, to continue to develop the club. You know, we've been operating as a as a as a true football club for a number of years now, but we've had people in multiple locations. We've had the, the first team out here at UBC, uh, we've had the WFC Two residency out in Burnaby, and our administration offices down in uh, Gastown at the Landing. So, trying to navigate through three different uh, locations has been a challenge. But to have everybody in in one location, you know it. If a player in the U-18s has had an exceptional month and the coaches decide they want to give him a taste of, of WFC2 training or first team training, before it was a three-day process of logistics trying to figure out how to get the player and his gear from Burnaby out to UBC and the timing of school and everything. Here we've got the high school right across the street. Um, we'll have everybody under one roof. So the, the movement of players is, is one thing also the collaboration amongst the groups Um, you know we we have um, technical club technical meetings we try to have them every couple of months Um, and trying to bring everybody together under one roof to have a meeting to talk about all the players in the club is a is also a big challenge when you have three different locations and, and schedules having everybody here will make it much easier for coaches to collaborate if they want to talk about a player all they have to do is is grab them from another office or um, shout across the room because they're all going to be in, in one area all the time. So I think to build that collaboration, to continue to execute on the philosophy that we have as a club uh, and build out that philosophy is going to be a lot easier once we're, we're all in one place. Plus, you know, some of the things we talked about during the tour, the aspirational elements for the young players... Um, it will be fantastic to have a U-14 player in the same building as our first team players to see what it's like to be a, a professional, to see how hard they work, to see how hard they train, um, and to see what it looks like when they watch watch first team training. To have the ability to sit down um, with one of our first team guys and have lunch or have a have a drink with them, a coffee with them, um, to really understand what um, what it means to be a pro. So I think those are the those are the things that are really going to help us
1: to develop as a club. I was going to ask about that. So we talked about how there's no lines and the, the, the groups can mingle. Are you going to encourage like the younger players to ask the, the older players to share their experiences and stuff like that?
4: Yeah, you know, I think w- what we'll do is we'll, we'll uh, some of the first team guys are going to do that naturally, just because of the, the the characters that, that they are, like Amaro Rosales or uh, Freddie Montero or uh, Jordan Harvey, those those guys, um, you know, are just natural mentors that they they will they will do it they will do it naturally. Um, you know, I think we're going to. We'll create some boundaries and, and rules where the players need to be in, invited in, and um, but I think a lot of that will come by osmosis. But I think a lot of it will come, um, you know, through the, through the guys that are, are natural leaders, and we'll we'll encourage that that mixing and,
1: and that um, transfer of knowledge. And WFC two, you're expecting them to kind of come and train out here from next month.
4: Yeah, we haven't finalised the exact date, but yeah, we're just going to wrap up there. We wanted um, a few weeks for for us to figure out how the building operates before we bring the next group in, and then residency will come
1: uh, when their, cycles, their cycle starts in August. And with the residency, has, has there been any issues with getting billets, or are you concerned that the kids that already stay with their parents maybe out in the valley that they may choose to leave the programme instead of coming all the way out here?
4: Yeah. Um, it, it's been a, a big logistical task. Dave Irvine's done a ton of work on securing the relationship with the school and the school board. First was moving 90 players from, um, well, 90 residency players from Burnaby here, but all the players that go to school at Burnaby Central to have that all of that that stuff transferred out to, to University Hill. Um, the, the other issues were obviously the building, and we feel um, like we've made some really good progress on that, so I think we're going to be... Um, we're going to be okay come come August with a number of families, but we do certainly encourage people to, to come forward if they're interested in in uh, in housing one of our players. Uh, and then transportation is is a challenge. Everybody is used to to, to getting their um, themselves or their their child to to Burnaby. So we've had a lot of um, meetings with the parents about it. Had a number of meetings, um, conducted surveys, focus groups on how we can ease that transition over and we're looking at things like um, identifying a few transit hubs within the city where kids will take transit in and we'll have shuttles that move those kids from those hubs to to UBC and back so um, you know we've we've had a lot of consultation with the parents and I think for the most part everybody feels pretty comfortable about um, about making it work and I think it, it also uses it when you get out to a yeah. facility like this
1: and you see what the opportunities are with not having a training facility in the past, has that cost getting players to the club, or is it not that important a factor in, in attracting names to, to come and play for the team?
4: You know, I think we're we're just naturally fortunate that we're in a beautiful city. You know, we're in one of the best cities in the world. Um, we have a fantastic stadium and a fantastic fan base. So we've been able to tell a really good story uh, about coming here. So we haven't had an issue with that before, and. Um, to be fair, the, the facility that we've been in for the first team, when you're talking about specifically player recruitment, um, is, was, was nice and was functional. Now I think it's just going to take us to a whole nother level um, when we can show an overhead shot of this facility and look up how sound and then turn the, the, the drone or the, the plane and look downtown and actually see the stadium. You know, I, I'm not sure there are too many settings in the world like this to, to have a facility like this. So. It's really, it's certainly going to help us to recruit first team players when you when you're looking internationally. Um, you know, other teams will be out and train around this facility too from MLS, and you know, hopefully some of those players will look at it and say, maybe one day I'd like to like to play there. Um, but also, I think when families, when you're recruiting families for the residency program, and they see the the potential of a facility like this, and um, to to further the development of a young
1: player, uh, it can only help. At the start of the year, there was kind of murmurs, WFC2 may move away, there may be an NWSL team coming in. Mm-hmm. If, a, if a women's team was to come in, is there room here for that? And is there any update on either of those two things? No, there's no update at, at this time on, on either of those. And,
4: and I think if, if it, either of those situations do become a reality, we'll look at what the various options are to, to, to accommodate um, A women's team, or or to to deal with a potential move of uh, the WFC2
1: team. Thank you so much for your time, Greg, and love the place. So that was Greg Anderson, Vice President of Soccer Operations for the Whitecaps there, talking about all things to do with the training centre. And one of the things that Bobby mentioned in in our chat was, with him was... He touched upon that he hopes that this is going to help develop more players for the Canadian national team. And he mentioned there that Marcel de Jong started the game against Curaçao for Canada on Tuesday. The two Whitecaps homegrown players also played significant parts in the sort of comeback. And, One and of the made ol- a
2: change to the game
1: too. Yeah. affected the game. One of the old-timers, Russell Tybert, and oh. the, the new face of the residency program, Alfonso Davies. Oh. So we're joined by Zach now also. Zach,
2: good to have you here. Good to be here. So uh, let's talk about that uh, Canada game yesterday. Michael has not walked away because he doesn't want to talk about it. He's still brewing over the Scotland-England game. But Canada itself, obviously it wasn't a great performance, but a lot of positives to take out of it. It
0: it had the feel of like us a little bit...
2: First First time with the coach too.
0: Yeah, first time with the coach, but it felt a little bit like we were playing to our opponent's level a little bit, especially in the first half it felt that way. Second half it felt like it more opened up. Uh, and, and it took command of the game It took command of the game but ultimately it came down to we didn't take our chances we talk about this a lot when we talk about the Whitecaps. yeah uh, almost every season in different ways um, but we didn't take our chances and uh, so, so that was that was unfortunate that was unfortunate like you were saying before though it was great to see both Rusty and Alfonso come on and um, play a role in changing the game and winning and winning the game. Uh, Alfonso won the penalty which, should have led to the winning goal, but ultimately... Well,
2: eventually led to the winning goal.
0: Yeah, eventually led to the winning goal because because off the throw and after the missed PK yeah. or the, the PK off the post... Jackson Hamel got the got the match winner, which was uh, nice to see for, you know, it was the game was in, Mon- I don't know if anyone knows, but the game was in Montreal. I don't know if anyone in Montreal knew, but the game no, was no. in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> it was it missed, missed by a lot of people. Shout out, to the, but shout out to the Voyagers who actually did show up and chose to support because um, you could hear them on the broadcast, so that was nice nice to hear and see. Um, but yeah, very empty stadium. Jackson got the winner. The other other person was, was Rusty, and it was yeah. great to see Rusty play. Uh, one of the things I think that um, was positive was that Canada played uh, a, a higher pressing game than they normally do, and yeah. that suits uh, Russell's industry and Russell's uh, like feistiness and tenacity fits him really well. And so
2: it, it also suits Canada's kind of style of play from back in the day too, when they would like push push up and pressure people, and not always sit back and try to hit hit people on a counterattack. It it it, it they liked making people make mistakes through the past and why not do it now too?
0: Sure, and and and, and rusty. Uh, it also got him, he was f- way, way more forward up the pitch than he usually is, and you got to see moments of his creativity, and you got to see him have a couple strikes on goal, and I know, or towards goal, I know they weren't all on goal, uh, but you got to see some offensive output from, from Rusty that we we don't always get to see here, and and you could just tell, like, when you when you were watching the game, when you watch him, you could just tell, like, you could see his heart for it you could see his passion like it was like it was good to see him just enjoying his football
2: for sure and but the i think the talk of the game afterwards and i think uh, he was surrounded by media was a certain 16 year old was mentioned maybe 10 15 times in the during the broadcast that he was 16 what are your th- what were your thoughts on alfonso i thought he just he did change the basically the, the the way the game was going. Him th- and Jackson Hamel actually, they were a good totally. combination.
0: I think we saw a lot a lot in, 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 in for Canada what we see what we see with Vancouver. Him come on and be able to. I mean, he has pace, he has movement, he's willing to take people on, um, and you saw that sometimes not come off, and a bunch of times where it did come off. You also see, you also saw he likes to shoot. And he had some chances, especially that one uh, he put right at the keeper. That that strike sort of—he's falling down. Uh, like I don't know about you, but I was just like I—I I thought it was. But I thought it was going to go I, in. <laughs> I did look like it was going um, in. I was really excited. Um, um, I actually
2: thought that Laren was, that, that miss earlier when Hoylet crossed it into the uh, box. That was a Laren bad was,
0: miss. Laren was disappointing again. I know, again, once again. Y- when you watch him for, it's weird. You watch him for Orlando, and a lot of the chances he gets, he gets in a better finishing position and finishes, where yeah. with Canada, it's... Not, not so much, but 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 I, he still obviously contributes, and and you, and you can't see the huge. service
2: wasn't there for him either because there was enough service with Hoylet. Hoylet was providing a lot of there was, service to yeah, the strikers.
0: But no, I thought Alfonso was great. He was he was like a burst of energy. Obviously, won the penalty uh, again just from from his his pace and his willingness to to drive towards the net and take people on, and uh, it was it was great. It was great to see. I mean. I know there's probably some people who are disappointed, okay, this small country, I know that I think their ranking is higher than ours, but this small country with... Um, well, that means we'll move up if we got to be a team higher ranking. Yeah, but it's also friendly and whatever, yeah, but yeah. Still will. But so I know a lot of people were disappointed that we just didn't totally walk over them. Uh, you know, you saw, I saw, even t- I don't know if it was just from yesterday or today, I saw, you know, uh, Marius Rovda joking about it on on Twitter, uh, you know. I know some people were disappointed that we just didn't trounce them. Um, in the same way that some people were disappointed, the stadium was so empty. But
2: I was more disappointed in that, that We didn't try yeah. to. Uh, I guess, not even empty. It was just like it wasn't even like close to half full. Of.
0: Well, the only good—I mean, it's a friendly. It's against a small, a small nation that no one hasn't—not you know, no one's going to see the, to see uh, to see anyone on that on, on, from that side. Mm. Um, and though well, I mean, this is obviously maybe incredibly selfish, but it means that hopefully. Uh, more of these games will get be able to be played in new places. So, with the, with the, the advent of the Canadian Premier League, hopefully, some of these small venues will be able to have those type of friendlies. And it also, I think, makes the games that the matches that we're here in, in on the West Coast, the support that they got, it, yeah. it, it also highlights that for sure.
2: Uh, oh, I know it's obviously just one game, in but just finally, like, what are your overall thoughts what, uh, of the new Zambrano era? Canadian soccer. Yeah. Initial thoughts.
0: It, the, so the, the hiring was not. For lack of a better term, it wasn't sexy. It wasn't like exciting. It wasn't like wow. Inspiring. It wasn't glitzy. It wasn't yeah. It wasn't inspiring in and of itself. I think it's a solid hiring, and it has potential to. He has potential to do well in terms of his knowledge of the of the region, knowledge of of, of North American football as well, uh, and his and connections. Uh, I mean, ultimately, I, to, honestly, I believe even when you look back at successes, when you look back at you know the Gold Cup and stuff that uh, we got under Holger. Um, I think one of the big things is how you, how you, how you build the squad. How you, it's not the squad. How you build the player pool relationally. I think that's going to be really telling when we when we see uh, how much he's able to get the buy-in from the players and and kind of kind of continue to foster that and build that. Um, because if if he's a, if the players don't feel like he's a great coach if the players don't really rate him or he's not be able to foster good community with them, I think that, um, that, that you know, that'll be a hindrance to him doing well. We, and we've seen that with past coaches. Past coaches.
2: Oh, look at his back.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't really say much in that Because I wasn't watching the game I, I had, it, had it on But I had the sign down and I was watching Crystals FC and DC United Oh right Nice um, goal Oh, fantastic goal by Crystals <laughs> The but,
0: celebration was
1: great Yeah, But from what I did see Especially at the end When Alfonso came on He definitely had a spark I just hope it's not going to put too much pressure on him now from everyone expecting that he is the next saviour of Canadian well, soccer. Now
2: it's we from... all know he is. No, but... no, but now it's been now that everybody's seen him on the national thing, it's been like from Vancouver saviour to now national saviour. So yeah, it's but... going to be moving on. But I don't think anybody will.
0: But again, that's okay as long as it's not like over the top. And the thing is, if... if, if I mean, the signs aren't promising, but if Valu Tabla comes in as well then you have this it's not just one dude it's a couple of young dudes and you couple that with um, maybe the end of a career and um, your guy there what's his name uh, Scottish guy
1: Scotty, Al- Scotty, Scotty Arfield Scotty the traitor Arfield so, so there's there's a
0: the, the number of pieces Junior Hoyle there's a the number of pieces there that are really promising plus you got bite in midfield with guys like Will Johnson and Samuel Piet um, and Rusty and, 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 and,
2: and, and, and you know what in, in, if you look further down the road you got like obviously these guys got developed but you got Dario Zanetta no, um, who's, looks, who's looking good in Scotland you got uh, even just in the white cap side you got like a guy like Caden Chung who, who is kind of like still getting his feet up the ladder and everything like that so, so, so it's like step by step you're getting more and more good young players it's a matter of I, them continuing to develop as, this, as the years go on
0: I enjoyed watching Fraser Art again it's there two, you go two games yeah. in a row
1: for Canada oh, I thought he's played he's, well he
0: looked very promising on the right side no, not for oh, you. That's I only because he
1: didn't choose Callum. That's why you're no, shaking your head. No, I, I, honestly, if uh, he was at fault, I think for the first goal, Crusaders' goal, because the guy, oh yeah, oh, oh the guy yeah, no. didn't clear the cross.
0: James, James' marking was also very poor. James' marking
1: was well. poor. What you made up for? He shouldn't have. defending already. Right. Yeah, yeah. but it shouldn't. The cross that. shouldn't have come in though. Right, right. I do agree with that. But for me, the biggest thing to come out of this game, from a White Cats perspective, is none of our three guys as far as we know got injured Which is unlike a, our two Costa Ricans those, those Ticos oh. Christian, Christian Belaña that's you revenge re- that's for return? us
2: yeah. that's Cr- revenge for getting Kevin Alleman that they, they injured a couple of Whitecaps
1: yeah Belaña's Bola- back at Whitecaps training today on Wednesday not in a sling no. But running around tape. well. He's got tape on the tape. Tape on it, bit, but, actually, but, he's, but he wasn't
2: favouring it too much no. when I saw him do it. He, he was
1: also training with the recovering injury guys of Nicholas Mosquito, Christian Dean, and Bernie Abini. And Eric Hurtado. Eric Hurtado, Eric Hurtado was kind of doing a little bit more on his side, yeah. uh, kind of on his own.
2: Um, uh, Also, uh, should we mention that Christian Dean um, uh, was starting to look good. He's kicking the ball back and forth and everything
0: yeah. too. So it it could good. be a week or two before he's back. Yeah. I'm available for selection.
1: Mm-hmm. So it doesn't look like Kendall Watson is going to be good to go on Saturday. That's a shame. Which kind of brings us to the question of who's going to play centre-back. Christian Dean's not good to go. And Zach, you asked Robbo, does that mean it's down to a case of if it's going to be AJ or Cole Seiler?
0: And yeah, so and his response was, it's not just between the two of them. The third option would be Marcel De Young at centre-back.
1: Which Woo. terrified me just to thought well, of that. Well, I mean, what did he played—he
2: played ninety minutes against uh, in, in, for Canada too.
0: Right. What he said was against Montreal,
1: he played him as a centre back. Now I think that was part of the. Yes, that was three. That, that was the three at the back. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure Marcel knew what, where he was playing in that game. Though, to be honest, he,
0: uh, no. The home leg, he, actually, I thought he played quite well, but. Um, I can't remember the second leg now. It's kind of, it's kind of, it kind of blocked it's out of blur. my memory. Was there a second leg? I thought, <laughs> it, thought we won the 2-1. One. One. Yeah. And um, the final. But no, so those are the three options. Uh, Cole, AJ, or Marcel. And you'd have to put your money on it being AJ. Yeah. As much as it'd be nice for Cole to get an opportunity, I, 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 it's got to be AJ. And, and no, I, mean, I think
2: you're, if you're not going to put AJ, then you're really concerned about the continuity up right. top.
0: And, yeah, so then you're, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. If AJ drops back, who drops in? Is it Rusty? Yeah, well,
1: also what the formation's going to be. Will we go to 4-2-3-1?
0: the, we keep the four one
1: Yeah, will we keep the 4-1-4-1? Four, because one, four, one?
0: with Bola, you assume Shea is going to start if he's ready.
1: Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard that he's not. Um, so I would assume Shea would be in there. I, I could see Shea up top and maybe Montero dropping back into the 10 role. So I think it's going to be a 4 2 which I, I think will then have Chani and Laba as the, as the two holding guys going forward. And then that's going to allow you to bring in Shea, with Davies on the right to share on the left.
2: Um, I, I would rather than play a 4 one 4 and keep it the same. Uh, and basically have Tyburn in for Jacobson Shea for And just keep everything else this you know, exactly.
0: I, I tend to agree with, with you Michael And I think it's, it, it, might, it might be called a 4 3 one But I think it's going to look a little bit more like a. It could look more like a 4-4-2 With, uh, with two strikers up top mm.
1: Yeah Now Dallas are coming They're no longer in first place After a couple of bad results They've dropped into fourth The Caps are fifth Caps are four points behind them but a game in hand. So this is a massive game coming up.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, uh, Western Conference games, especially when you're close to a team in the table, are always huge. And Dallas, <laughs> there's a history there, obviously, both in league play and in, in MLS Cup. And uh, there's a, a lot of people here who strongly dislike them. So... Uh, I don't think that's changed, even though some of their personnel has.
2: I think the, the take out the uh, where they are ranked and everything and where they are in the conference, I think it's just a big game because Vancouver's playing at home and they need to keep winning games at home. They can't give away points at a, a BC place at all. And that's the only reason for me that it's a big game.
1: And we, we want to see them come back after a break because I know I have it like 2014 when they came back and there was that horrible game against Montreal mm. and then their season kind of went a little bit down the pan after it yeah. for, for a spell summer slump and all that there's some tough games coming up they've been through a really tough tough patch but like you say Steve you have to win the games at home and I, I feel like, let's get to some predictions then. I, I feel a bit confident with this I'm going to go with a 2-1 Whitecaps
0: yeah I also feel like uh, what I've seen from FC Dallas the, the parts I've been able to watch them play I feel like it's a bit of a disappointing season for them I know they've had they, they have more more games in hand or whatever because they got games off for the Champions League but, uh, it, it, you know, not having um, Mauro Diaz has just been like, like just he, such a negative for them. And I, I feel like they haven't been able to, to overcome that. And so, yeah, I, too, I think I was going to say 2-1, but maybe I'll just say 3-1 just to be different.
1: No. I will be
2: different. I'll say 2-2 two, two draw.
1: So just before we go, we're going to bring you a little bit of audio from the Dallas site. Dallas came through a very tough game against Tulsa Roughnecks in the US Open Cup on Wednesday night, needing a stoppage time goal to come through with a 2-1 victory. Sadly, the game didn't go into extra time and penalties. There was a lot of first-teamers playing in that game that you think are going to probably pull double duty with the game against Vancouver on Saturday. Long trip now for them from Dallas up to Vancouver. Short turnaround. That can only work in the favour of the Caps. So let's hear now from Oscar Perea. So let's hear now from head coach Oscar Perea and defender Ryan Hollingshead talking about that trip to Vancouver and what they're expecting from the game and their recovery from the US Cup Open exploits.
4: challenge uh in that or or maybe something we don't think about you know we know that it was hot today we know that vancouver is a long way away there's a there's a plastic field or an uh, artificial turf is there a challenge that, that you're thinking of that maybe um uh, that comes with these these the travel the trip uh, after going to portland w- with all this stuff i know your team can handle it but is there something that you're worried about
5: uh, i have to be honest and we always as uh, the coaches uh see that as a uh, as you know what, we were tired here and then that's why we didn't get result. But I, I think the competition, when you are competing frequently, I think that gives you a different rhythm. So I, I don't mind to, I don't mind to. Now when you come with Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, that, that's heavy. But coming from Wednesday through Saturday, you know, they professional players you are or should be prepared to do it.
2: You guys head to Vancouver tomorrow afternoon. How important is it to kind of switch the focus right now and, and get ready because you guys want to get last weekend's taste obviously out of your mouth and, and get another win on the road.
5: Right, no, it's important, you know. Uh, we have uh, we have in our mind the importance of the next two games away. We need to get some points. Uh, then we will have two games at home. That put us in the top spot surely. Um, and now what we are learning from the past season, especially the past season spot, especially the last one, is that this long journey? You got to be patient, you know. And I'm not too desperate just to keep the first spot. I want to win all the all of them. The boys want to, but uh, we want to prepare this team for a, for a have first and a spot in the playoffs, and second to be that playoff team that is fighting for the title.
4: Now turning to this weekend in Vancouver, another road trip, another game on turf. I know you guys have the depth where you can rotate a lot of guys out, but there's a chance that you and some other guys who played tonight will be back on the field. How do you make sure your body's ready for that kind of uh, quick turnaround and, and difficult surface?
5: Yeah, it's a quick turnaround, and that's just the nature of this league, right? Long traveling, uh, big away trips, four-hour flights, stuff like that. So our team does everything we can. But, yeah, we're going to be you know, getting treatment tomorrow, making sure that everybody's ready to go for Vancouver, and uh, you know, we, we fly out tomorrow. So it's a really quick turnaround. Um, it's, all, it's all up to your professionalism, taking things seriously, getting in the ice bath, taking care of your body, and, and that's on you as a professional.
2: More than just taking care of your body, you guys have kind of a sour taste in your mouth after last week. You have all kind of the bodies back and ready to go. How important is it to go to Vancouver this weekend and have a solid showing?
5: Yeah, we want to win every game we play. You know, having the full squad back is huge. Uh, there, there's going to be more international breaks, we know, coming up as well. So we need to take advantage of these times uh, where we've got the whole team. We need to get three points. We feel like Vancouver is a place we can do that. Uh, and, and ultimately, we feel like we're the best team in the league, and so we can we can beat any team we play against, and we really need to do that.
1: So Oscar Perea and Ryan Hollingshead there. And that is it for this episode of the podcast. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online.
2: You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. Uh, for myself on Twitter, it's
0: at ZacharyAM, and I'm a part of the Movement Curva Collective.
1: I'm Michael McCall. You can find me online at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers on AFTN.ca. Tune in to CITR Radio on Sunday 11 o'clock when the next episode of the AFTN Soccer Show will be live on air. Listen at 101.9 FM if you're in the Lower Mainland or citr.ca online and we'll have the podcast for that out on Monday. The AFTN Soccer Show is brought to you in partnership with BC Soccer Web. Your one-stop site for all your local, national and international news, links and stories. So check them out on bcsoccerweb.com As always, thanks for listening, take care, and until next time, Mawn the Caps! Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.